0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we've got a great show for you. We got Kylie Morgan coming on. She's doing some really great things in the music. She's definitely rising out there, and you know she's got some special privileges, kind of you know the CMT Next Women of Country. That's pretty cool to be on your resume. Um, but she, you know. We love her music. She sounds really good. We're looking forward to hearing parts of her story and talking about music. So Kylie, are you here?
1: I am here, ready to talk about all the things
0: <laughs> and then some awesome. right? <laughs> Now, I like to start with the big elephant in the room as they as they say, how is Covid affecting okay. you, and how are you getting through it?
1: Man, you know what, I was very heartbroken for a while, um, I'll be honest, just because we had just been so close to launching um, everything, Mm -hmm. we were, I finally signed my record deal about a year ago with Universal EMI, and that had been just such a mile marker for me that thought, you know, as soon as I sign this record deal, the wow. thing is easy breezy from here, you know? Um, and not <laughs> yeah. necessarily that, but more of like, I'll have a team um, that will help me yeah. uh, from here on out, mm-hmm. have, you know, to strike at a larger level. And so we had everything going and we um, released the second, um, really push single, uh, which was break things, um, right before all this happened. And it was going really well. I had, all these bookings this year. I was playing all the Live Nation festivals. Um, I was doing shows with Brothers Osborne and Kit Moore and all yeah. these, you know, amazing artists that I've always wanted to be on the road with. And then just kidding. <laughs> the world is gonna end for wow. a little bit. And all the things that happened supposed to happen this year got pushed back probably a whole year, year and a half. And so um for a while I was just like so wrecked about it. And then I realized I'm like, you know what? This is a time that This is the world's reset. This is what the world does. Mm -hmm. It's a very smart planet. And sometimes it forces people to just be in the present and take away all the distractions. And I finally made that realization and started um, just loving being in the moment with uh, my family and my boyfriend and being able to write music and being able to have free time for the first time in a long time. So um, (laughs) once I kind of made that transition and that positivity grab, I think it really helps. But um, I definitely do have my bad days, like we all do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, it's kind of been mm-hmm. the opposite for us because, um, you know, like I was telling you before the show started, we were, you know, we we launched January 3rd and our goal was 80 to 100 interviews first, first year. That was kind of the plan. We had a plan of action. We knew exactly what we were going to do. And then COVID. And then I was like, okay, we've yeah. got to readjust <laughs> um, because artists are going to need a place to talk and we're going to give them that platform. And I told Sandy, this, our Time to Shine, I was like, you know, with being a new show, we might get bigger artists than what we, sh- what we normally would because of this, and it could build our foundation. Yeah. And because of that, uh-huh. you're now our hundred. and because of that, you're our 179th interview, and we've even had people like Cassidy Pope, Don McLean, and several others on
1: that's incredible. I'm just so happy for you guys in the way that, um, I mean, yeah, once at least, once again, like quarantine actually helps a lot of people. And I feel like, um, I, as much as I would love to be on the road and, um, being, you know, like in the middle of all of it, like I usually am, um, it really mm-hmm. allowed my single break things to blow up on Spotify and streaming and oh, wow. being glued to their phones right now. And so it's,
0: Kind of one of those
1: things where it's a bittersweet moment. So I'm so happy that you guys started this show and gave artists like myself a place to just get the story and the music out there.
0: That is awesome, and we appreciate you. And um, as we get started, I like to start light before we really dig in. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? And you probably got more now than you did before the shutdown. (laughs)
1: Amen to that. So I'm a, very, um, I'm a very type A personality in a way that it's really hard for me to just have hobbies. I usually mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. dive all the way in and, uh, you know, to figure <laughs> out ways that it can benefit <laughs> me and others. And so um, I actually got my yoga certification to become a yoga instructor um, a couple years oh, ago wow. um, before I was really heavily on the road. I had been teaching three years. Um, self-taught and really just wanted to even dive in deeper and get, um, get the certification and get the knowledge that I wanted and had the time for. And so I uh, went to San Diego for two weeks and got my yoga certification out there and started teaching. And so uh, during quarantine, I've been doing all these online classes and um, all these different virtual um, yoga classes to keep everyone kind of feeling that sense of community that I feel like we all desperately needed and wanted Um, And so I started a series called Namaste at Home that is uh, now on YouTube, (laughs) and um, there's like about um, 10 yoga classes, I would say, that just kind of uh, can bring you back to your mat, bring you a little bit, hopefully, more centered, and uh, keep you sane. So that's really my main hobby is um, definitely yoga, working out. (laughs) I'm a huge Mm -hmm. outdoor girl, love outdoors, uh, hiking with my pups, and um I'm a really active human between uh, my body yeah. and my brain. So yeah. if, it, if it involves sweating and doing something like that then I'm 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 game.
0: <laughs> that sounds awesome. like a plan. So what would you say is something quirky about you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I would say, um, so I was a gymnast for 10 years um, growing up. and mm-hmm. was always taught, you know, to I mean, really be very graceful, very perfect, very um, sharp, you know, everything that comes to do with being an athlete. And um, uh-huh. it's so funny because when it comes to being on my mat for yoga or even, like, being on a balance beam, I always yeah. was that because that's what I was trained for. And then I swear the second I stepped outside of the gym, I just became the clumsiest human ever. <laughs> so that's, kind of where, that's kind of where the um, title for break things um, it ended up coming from, was just like I literally make oh, a wow. very honest song. If I break things, I stole things, I lose things, usually my mind. <laughs> and so I definitely would say that if that's a quirk about me, that you uh, spend 20 minutes with me, especially if I'm drinking out of a wine glass, It'll probably be broken in a matter of seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny.
1: Um,
0: so, as we dig a little deeper um, here, tell everybody a little of where you're from and kind of a brief overview, the, your backstory a little bit.
1: Sure. So, I'm originally from a super small town, Newcastle, Oklahoma. It's um, next to Norman, where OU is. And I always joke and say it's the town that you stop to get gas in on your way to the OU game because <laughs> we have like Three stoplights, and uh, we got a Walmart about nine years ago that really just shook up the whole town, so uh, definitely that small town USA story that um, a lot of country artists seem to have, and I always joke and say, you know, like, there wasn't much to do in that tiny town, so I picked up a guitar, and um, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, A lot of my artist friends are from small towns, and so uh, coming Mm -hmm. from there, I actually always traveled back and forth to Tennessee because I have family in Chattanooga, And just Mm -hmm. fell in love with the mountains and and the, you know, everything that Tennessee had to offer from a very young age. And so, um, as I was mentioning earlier, I was really, um, hitting the gym hard when it came to uh, training a lot in gymnastics. I was going five days a week, three and a half hours a day. Um, very, very dedicated from a very young age and just loved having a purpose and like loved moving and like, and having a goal for that. And so, um, once I realized, I'm like, what are the odds of me really going to the Olympics? are pretty small. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, um, turns out, I picked the next best thing, which is the, even harder than going to the Olympics, and it's being a successful female country artist. So, I um, started <laughs> singing and performing um, at a very young age as well, and my mom always knew that um, I was definitely going to be a show kid. I would run and to my dress-up drawer and get a bunch of tutus and outfits and go put on shows in the living room to all the Shirley Temple videos, and she knew that I just loved being in front of people and putting on shows and just entertaining people, and I think that's what had to do a lot of with gymnastics as well, is, like, you're just in front of people, and I was just made for, like, under pressure. I just, I love that feeling, strangely. And so um, when I was 12, I got my very first little pink guitar for Christmas from my grandfather, um, who still, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> rocks out in missing homes to this day. He's such a like, amazing human being, young soul, and got me my very first little guitar, and I just fell in love with it. I just, I learned my first yeah. chords, and um, I was writing poems, and, you know, like, Songs ish, I would say before that. None of them made sense and they had like (laughs) no structure at all. And so as soon as I started playing guitar, everything really just clicked for me and everything came together. It truly became therapy to me. Like I would come home from school. um I got bullied a lot in school. And so, like, I would come home and, you know, just write what I was feeling or whatever I was going through. And it truly became, again, like a hobby turned into. I told my mom, I walked into the living room, I said, Mom, I'm going to skip college and I'm going to move to Nashville and be a country a singer. <laughs> and she was like, cool, can you hit puberty first? <laughs> so, uh, once she realized how serious I was and how much I loved it, we went all in. Uh-huh. And um, I started touring um, heavily and signed my first indie record deal at 14 and um, just hit the ground running and decided to do online school my sophomore through senior year and was on the road um, for over half the year and just got so much experience. And so I was lucky enough to meet a guy named Russ Davidson out here in Nashville at 15. And he really just took me under his wing and saw something in me that he believed in. And so I started traveling back and forth co-writing for the first time at 15, which i now looking oh, wow. back, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, like, I can't <laughs> these amazing songwriters agreed to write with a 15-year-old. Like, that's crazy to me. Um, and one of them was a guy named Walker Hayes. And uh, Walker and I got really close, really fast, and started writing a lot, and he kind of became, like, my songwriting big brother, and um, so when he ended up um, signing over to Smash Songs, I had moved to Nashville at 19, bought a house out here, saved all my money from touring, and I decided to stake claim out here in Nashville, and um, I got my first really big pub deal at 19 and was really just figuring out what I wanted to say as an artist who I loved creating with. And so when Walker um, signed his deal with Smack Song, I'll never forget mm-hmm. the fact that I moved here with a deal I never met any, with anyone. I never met any management or like publishing companies or anything like that. And so um, I started showing up in his catalog a lot because we wrote, we wrote together <laughs> so much. And, and um, mm-hmm. I'll never forget a um, a lady named Robin Palmer, who is, like, my saving grace. Um, I was in the living room kind of like, what do I do next? Like, do I stay with this company? Do I, I feel like there's something more, but I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And and um, my boyfriend, Jay Allen, um, an artist as well, we were sitting there, and I swear it was like clockwork. And I got a call from Robin Palmer, who actually got Shane McAnally his very first cut and with Kenny Chesney. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, oh, she wow. called me and said hi. That's a Robin great first Tomer. cut. I'm yeah, yeah, very, 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 first step. And she was like, "Hi, my name's Robin Palmer. I'm with Smack Songs. Um, I was just calling to see um, who are you because I don't know you, and I want to." <laughs> and I played, I played the uh, voicemail on speaker, and Jay was standing next to me, and he looked at me, and he was like, "This is your, this is your route. I don't know why I feel this way, but I, he's like, I have a feeling that this is going to be your company." And so um, mm-hmm. I met with Smash Songs and immediately just fell in love with the staff and uh, fell in love with Shane. And from then on out, I knew I found my music fam. And so uh, I, I started writing there for about three years and then and that turned into signing a management deal with them. And that's how I got <laughs> my uh, record deal with Universal is Shane setting up the meetings.
0: Wow. <clears throat> that's and really here we cool. are. You know, <laughs> and, you know, that was... You know, as you told the story, you can tell that there's a lot that goes into it. And that's something I want to talk about now. Because, you know, a lot of people, especially people that are not in the industry, they don't understand an artist. And so, you know, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, but they don't see the grind and the sacrifice that it takes to get, even at the smaller levels, much less Blake's level. And so I always like to talk about that side of it because I think it's, so important so i'm gonna tell a small story to help us lead where i want this to go and then we'll discuss that back in 2014 we interviewed allison Steele from two Steele girls and at that time they were full-time with music and the question i asked one of the questions i asked allison was what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist and she said this is going to sound funny coming from someone f- um full-time but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music. Go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, the day, because the day you want it to be a career, your life changes. She goes, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe music. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to the weddings, They invite you to weekends. They invite you to holidays, but you're gigging those times. You can't, you can't stop a gig when there's probably 20 people depending on you doing that gig, and they don't understand that. that it's not just you now. It's your whole team that's involved. You may have a bad day today, but you still got to smile and, and sing like you can have a great day tonight on stage no matter how bad the day was. But, but then she went on and says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said, and let's go there a little bit.
1: I'm kind of low-key tearing up because it's so, I've never heard anyone say it the way I say it, and that's exactly how I explain it. Um, Every single time that, you know, new artists message me on Instagram or even come to my shows, that is the first thing I say is I'm like, if you can picture yourself doing anything in this world and being happy, please go do that because you will save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of sacrifice." But if you can't and this is the, and you're all in, then it is the most beautiful, hard, scary, exciting ride that you will ever enter in your whole life <laughs> and I think <laughs> that she said it the absolute best way you can because if you're an artist, you know there's not even a choice i mean yeah. i can't I can't fathom ever not, I can't fathom ever not having music in my life, and not yeah. just that alone like. I just I knew that God put me on this earth for this, and I feel like Mm -hmm. that there is this certain amount of people, this certain group of people that it's just there's no other option. And so I truly think that that is the best way you can possibly say it. And the only thing that I would add (coughs) is buckle up. (laughs) 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 It's it's a lot of ups (coughs) and a lot, a lot of downs. I'll definitely say that.
0: And we fully get where you're coming from, because really, when you look at the music industry as a whole, the artists yeah, go through a lot of sacrifices and all that. But even what we do, and producers, and labels, it doesn't matter. No matter what part of the industry it is, I is, we've been part of many industries, and this has got to be the toughest industry I've ever been part of. But it's been one of the most rewarding. Yes. And and it we're is. in the same hunt as you are. You know, we want to be the next Bobby Bones. You know. Yes. <laughs>
1: <What? laughs> hey, you know? got the dream big, to think big.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so we want we want that life too, like y'all. You know, we're we're get we're all in here, and we're pumping mm-hmm, money we into are. this show, and. Have no idea when it's ever gonna um, fund us at all. But you, but you know people don't get that. And it's funny how we got here because eight almost 18 years ago when we married, um, we um, I was one of the people that wanted to be a big motivational speaker. She wanted to be in music in some way. And like you said, that God places people in your in your path and all that. Like you were saying a while ago, it's amazing that here we are, almost 18 years of marriage. That not only are we, am I getting to speak. She's getting her music fixed. So God has found a way to to pull both of our passions under one umbrella with our show.
2: Yes.
1: I mean, I think that's the very perfect example of everything is, you know, we have all these questions and these, should we do this, should we do that? And at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite quotes is, in the end, it's going to be okay because it's not the end if it's not. Like, everything is going to get itself out. (laughs) So whatever that ends up looking like, it's going to be the way it's supposed to, no matter how many heartbreaks, no matter how many setbacks or even push forward and then fallbacks you have, at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, it comes down to if it's not okay in the end, then it's not the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes. I love that. Love that. Um, Now that we talked about a little bit about the sacrifices, now let's talk about what the glory side, the, the side that a lot of people get to see. Um, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that?
1: I think about this all the time because I'm a very gratitude person. Um, Jay mm-hmm. and my boyfriend and I will all the time, you know, just like list the things that we're grateful for. And, and we'll be doing something together and we'll just look at each other and we'll be <laughs> like, can you believe we get paid to do this? <laughs> can you believe this is what pays our bills and supports us? Like, it's just, it's truly, and I am not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I would, I wouldn't rather do anything else as a job. I mean, I think this is the coolest job you could possibly have. And I don't even count Mm -hmm. it as a job because if you're loving what you do, then it's it's not work. It's simply just fulfilling your purpose. And so being Mm -hmm. um, at a very young age and knowing that I wanted to do this um, came from a lot of, like, me looking up to other artists and, you know, seeing what they did for me and seeing how they Mm -hmm. made me feel just a little less alone with their music. That's what I wanted to be for other people. And so we even started releasing these um, things called Hometown Heartland Series that we actually filmed Mm -hmm. last December. And um, it's just Mm -hmm. a dive into where I'm from, what made me me, who was a part of that journey. And we went back to my hometown of Newcastle, Oklahoma, during Christmas break and, you know, interviewed my best friend and interviewed my gymnastics teacher and, you know, like just really dove in deep. And we just released this recent episode, um, really just recognizing the fact of, like, who made me me. And that's all these artists that I grew up listening to. And that's ultimately what I want to be for other people.
0: Well, I love that. So, what are a few moments? uh, You know, what was it like being part of this class, the class of 2020? CMT makes women of country.
1: Man, I can't even really describe (laughs) the feeling because usually I'm a writer, so my job is to describe these feelings, and that was one of them that I was just speechless. I remember, you know, coming home after school every day with my sister and we would sit on our pink bob carpet in our little greenhouse in the suburbs and watch these country music videos and I would just like sit there for hours and you like watch these miniature movies as I would call it mm-hmm. and um, yeah. the fact that like CMT is now recognizing me as a part of that and just started airing Break Things music video on CMT and like I have all these people <laughs> filming it and seeing it in the living rooms I'm just like oh, my gosh, it's, like, happening. <laughs> like, everything <laughs> that I've ever thought about Dream for, like, it's it's all coming together. And so the fact that, like, you know, all these incredible artists that I still look up to are, you know, standing next to me rather than mm-hmm. me. Like, even I'm still freaking out when I get inside a room with them, but it's just one of those things <laughs> that just, like, blows my mind. <laughs> and I, I and like you said earlier on um, one of those moments that you're just like, what the heck? I actually have it. I'm looking at it right now. I have the um, the flyer in our living room, um, but I just performed this uh, past uh, CRS at the Ryman for um, oh, wow. the Team UNG, um, pretty much showcase, and um, mm-hmm. it was for CRS of 2020, and that mm-hmm. was the last real big moment. I mean, first of all, the Ryman, like what? That's the dream <laughs> for any country artist. <laughs> <laughs> so like, check. And then I'm sharing a stage and, like, literally have side stage Reba McIntyre, Keith Urban, um, Kit Moore, I mean, Dierks Bentley, Brothers Osborne, like, sharing a stage with them (laughs) at, at one time and, like, I was just like, who the hell let me in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> who let me backstage? Who let me on stage? Like, how did I get here? And I think that was one of my biggest moments where I was just like, I can't believe that after over 10 years of just hitting the pavement as hard as I could, that was one of those moments that made every single sacrifice, every birthday party I missed, every weekend home I missed,
0: mm-hmm. it was worth mm-hmm.
1: it that three and a half minutes mm-hmm. of seeing on stage.
0: And, you know, you're talking about the over 10 years. I think that's another thing that people don't understand because they see the success. It looks like it's overnight because all of a sudden you popped up out there, but you didn't. Uh, like even with our show, a lot of times people think that we um, – this show's seven months old and we've done 170 170- – almost 180 um, episodes and they think, Oh man, you know, it looks, it looks like we just popped up out here and, and we actually didn't, you know, we actually started the process back in 2013 with doing a little bit of songwriting, connecting with songwriters and artists mm-hmm. in 2014, we originally launched new country buzz. Um, and then just little by little making connections all these years. So in reality, the Chris and Sandy show, in a way, is seven years old, not really seven months like it looks like. That's right. My
1: favorite my favorite phrase is um, seeing uh, the 10-year overnight success. <laughs> that, is, that is so accurate. Um, people, you know, like, I mean, but I don't blame them, you know. You suddenly see yeah. someone everywhere, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, they came out of nowhere. They're everywhere. And the truth <laughs> is, it's like, it's been... Ten years of like late night, early mornings, like probably Mm. a few cry sessions, like (laughs) wondering how you're gonna pay your bills, wondering what's next, and then like it just hits, and someone, the right person believes in you, or the right person hears you, and it's it's a life changing, it's it's a life changing day for that, because that from that day forward, all that work is Mm. finally being put to everyone else's phones, everyone else's. Um, stereos, everyone's like finally seeing that, but it, they're just now seeing the just the front end of the rest of your life, which you know, I think that's so cool to have a show like this that you can really just dig in and being like, by the way, it's not that easy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and, and you know, um, I compare it to this, Now a lot of people have never heard of this, but I love to use this analogy when it comes to, and, it, and this is with any success, really, not just um, artists, but whether it's TV, film, artists, regular business, doesn't matter. But um, there's a little tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. And the story of it is you buy the seeds, you plant them, and you have to um, you water it every day, A water fertilizer, water fertilizer every day. One year later, you see nothing. You water it fertilizer. Second year, you see nothing. Third year, you see nothing. But but if you quit watering it, guess what? It never ha- it will never grow. Fourth year, you see nothing. Sometime in the fifth year, and you can look this up. This is a this is a real tree. Sometime in the fifth year, that tree will grow in a. I think it's a six week span, ninety feet. I need
1: that tree in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> That is a great reminder. And, Amen to that. And, I love that analogy and, because it's so true. And, like, and,
0: uh-huh.
1: it's every little thing that steps you forward that may not even show up for God knows how long. But if you don't keep moving forward, then that five-year mark won't ever happen. And one of the and, things and see that what, um, yeah. actually I heard someone tell me one of these days, I can't remember who it was, but it, mm-hmm. they said time is going to pass no matter what. So you might as well yep, be working towards something that. You're going to love it.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, <You'll> love that. <laughs> and you know with that tree too, what what a lot of people don't get is when why you're it is growing from what from what I've read, we understand it, it's the roots are growing. So the roots grow by like 90 feet before the big tree comes up. So wow. so those 5 years it's growing, you just don't see it just like you with the artistry. You're growing even though the people don't see it. And then, all of a sudden, you become a Luke Combs to where everybody's like, "Who the heck is he? You know
1: <laughs> yeah, <for real>. yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think that's such a like just a good reminder of like shows like this is you know no matter what industry you're in, um usually it's like you know starting a business or if you're an athlete or if you're you know like whatever you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. it's just nice to have those reminders that, like, those people that you see on the TV, those people that you hear on the radio, those people that, you know, you see all the success that they have, they were exactly where you are right now at one point.
0: Yep, exactly. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come and play your song, Break Things, and then we're going to talk about that. How's that sound?
1: Woo-woo, mm-hmm. sounds good.
0: Hang on the line.
2: Yes, great song.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
0: So tell us a little bit the story of the song.
1: Sure. So um, I am a big proponent of uh, getting inspiration from absolutely everywhere. And um, <laughs> I was actually out shopping with a girlfriend, and I was at one of my favorite stores here in Nashville, and um, I saw a wine glass that said I break things on it. And my first thought was uh. I to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> and my next thought was I need to write that. And so um, we actually went in the very next day. I um, had a show that afternoon, and um, I almost considered canceling this right because I had a show that I had to get to, and it was far away. Oh, and wow. so um, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in there with this title. We're going to bust one out and hope it's going to be great, and then I'll you know, make it to my <laughs> show. So I walked into the writing room. I was like, hey, y'all great to see you i love small talk but i have like two hours here um i have an idea called <laughs> things, and uh i think we should write it and we wrote and recorded the song in an hour and a half <laughs> oh and, um, wow <laughs> so i just goes to show you that uh definitely some <coughs> songs are just made to be written and uh sometimes they're uh, right yes. themselves. And that
0: was one of those days you know that that's funny about that how quick things can happen um we do we just started an um, artist songwriting challenge where they give us three topics and we create lyrics for them. And then Mm -hmm. they get, and they they have 24 hours to, to turn that our lyrics into a song. And then they go live with us on our fan on our Facebook page to perform the song. And (laughs) today we, and today we had Taylor D from Texas doing a song that we, that we called, um, taking her life back and it's about basically a woman that she's just fed up and she's taking her life back and um and taylor was was on there we was as we were interviewing her before she played the song uh, we i asked her uh, i was like um song took you what two three hours to finish she goes 20 minutes she goes this (laughs) one (laughs) yeah
1: I love that. If you're inspired and you and you know what you want to say, it's pretty easy to get it out there on, onto the paper and onto your guitar for sure.
0: Now, if y'all if you ever want to be part of that challenge Let us, know because we're lining people up for that. Yeah, oh, it sounds like fun. You what?
1: I said that sounds like fun.
0: Yeah, because and the whole and the whole purpose of it is to have fun. Again, if something ever comes of it, that's just gravy. But, you know, the goal is to have fun. And and see, it's challenging Sandy and I with our lyric writing skills. It is. And it's challenging the artists on the other side skills. And the artists can tweak the song the way they need it. In fact, she didn't change no words. We were so stunned. She didn't change no words that we did. We were so excited. It's like, oh, she didn't change nothing. (laughs) She didn't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but, you know, but. But that's that's the goal is what the goal is to have mm-hmm. fun, see what can do, see yeah. make it a challenge, make it fun, and just see what happens. That's kind of the pl- go goal, goal behind that. And in fact, we came up with the name today. We we've done two of them now. The first one was Ashlyn Grace did our very first one, but we've done two, and we're calling it. We, we got finally got the name the melodic the melodic challenge.
1: Wow, oh, that's. Fantastic! I love that. I love that um, you guys are truly just like
0: putting a spin
1: on songwriting. I think that's fun.
0: <laughs> so we're oh, going to write you, you down on that you. one now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing we like to do on our show um, that I think it's they don't get the love is the team. You know, as you know, fans they see people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the um um, the producers the managers and i don't think they get enough love if you be honest um so we always like to give the artists a chance to kind of talk take a couple minutes and tell us their team so if you want to take a couple minutes and tell us the team behind you that helped you be who you are
1: sure um so i am a huge advocator for the fact of like it is a complete machine, and I am just the face of the machine. There are so many working parts and so many moving aspects and opinions and um, things that, you know, it's just, it's impossible to, like, name every single person that is a part of the process, especially, like, when, you know, artists win awards and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to list, like, 40 people, but you can't. And so um, I will say that um, you are only as good as your fans and your team.
0: And yep. I
1: truly think that mm-hmm. if you come, if it comes down to it, it's all about having a team that believes in you and loves you um, mm-hmm. from a personal level, um, not just a professional level. And for example, my manager um, Marissa, who is uh, actually over at Smack Songs, we met. Mm-hmm. Um, through Smack Songs, and she started becoming my day to day, and then oh, wow. literally became my best friend. And so, you just spend so much time with that person, aka people, and you have to trust them. And that's what was so a big thing for me moving to Nashville. I was just, I was so terrified of like, you know, family is everything to me, and I just wanted to find my musical family, which is your team. Yeah, And so, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything from managers to publishers to agents to. Finance. Well, I mean, like, I just had no idea w- how much went into it when it came down to after I signed with Smack, They're so like, okay, we're gonna have meetings to find your attorney, your financial advisor, your <laughs> agent, your. And I'm like, oh my god, there's so many working parts. Like, I just had no idea. And so um, my favorite is like when my best friends from back home will be. I'll be like, oh yeah, so this person said this about this. She was like, wait, so is that your label? I'm like, no, it's like it's not my manager, but it's like someone who. She's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I am too sometimes, um, but the main thing is, is you're only as good as your team and the fans that support you and love you, and that's what I think um, I'm very blessed on both ends of that spectrum to have so much support um, from mm-hmm. behind the scenes to even in front of the scenes.
0: That is awesome. So I could tell that you also talked about your parents earlier being behind you. Tell us a parent story, and I, and I know they probably go above and beyond all the time, but tell us a parent story. That, where they went above and beyond, and you're like, wow, they really get, this is my passion and my purpose?
1: So I will definitely say my parents are the most supportive humans on the planet. Um, my mom truly just hurt. I mean, she was the momager, like, in the best way and not in the worst way. Like, <laughs> this was me being like, please come with me. Please help me do this. And she just she loved me so much there was really no one better for that job. And I'll never forget when I signed my management deal with SMACS, She was like, I'm so happy to hand over the reins and just be the mom. (laughs) But she, from the beginning, I mean, every karaoke contest, every rodeo, every, like, in the middle of nowhere town that was doing something that maybe 10 people would be there, and I wanted to do it, she would go with me. And she was my partner in crime and was my biggest fan and still continues to just support everything that I do. And her, my, um, my dad, and my little sister are just like, the people that I send my first songs to, that I, you know, send new mixes to, new videos. And, like, I always ask for their opinion first because they know everything mm. about me. And so um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes that families right. kind of get overlooked when it comes to opinions. But really, like, they've been there since the beginning, and they know your best and not your best, you know. And so I think um, relying here? on them for that and keeping you humble and grounded is super important to me, and I have the best family
0: for that. I don't do nothing. That was weird. My phone went dead.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> so, we, so Sandy, we we swapped phones until and she's holding the other phone and seeing if it ever comes. That was weird. My phone went dead. It's, it's, I'm still programmed, but, you know, that's technology, right? You go with it.
1: That happened to me two days ago. I was doing an online yoga thing outside, and my phone overheated, and it just cut off. And I was like, No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so one thing we like to do too on the show is is be um is is bring our eight year old on. We kind of consider him our third party co host. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick um, to ask his. He always asks one question to each artist and and all that. Love it. So she's going. And I actually got my phone back now. It's working. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Okay, she's, she's getting him now, and he loves this. But like I said, when we got we got a 17-month-old, we'll be plugging her into the show, too.
2: Yes, we will be. And he, here's Christopher with his question.
1: Connie, what's your favorite food? <laughs> what's up, Christopher? My favorite food, I would have to say, is sushi. I could probably eat it for mm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner, no lie. Uh, I actually <laughs> tried awesome. it when I was, like, 19 and fell in love with it, and now I eat it all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what's yours little Chris
1: pizza that's my second well, I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> this has been so yeah. fun you guys I'm so glad that we got to get to know each other Bye. And Thanks. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so happy that y'all yeah. are just giving a platform for us as a new artist
0: I'm glad of that too you know again you know we try to do our part and we try to Fill in the gaps where we feel like the gaps are missing. Because again, we launched this, mm-hmm. when we launched a show early in the year. I was like, "How can we be different?" I said, like, "You know what? We're going to get the stories out. Nobody does that." That's right. No, I love that given us time. So how much time you got left, so I, know.
1: I actually am need to be prepped for another interview at three o'clock. Okay. So Pretty soon, but I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Oh, we understand that that completely. We, I I could, I could tell that you were winding down. So I was like, I had, because again, I've done this long enough. I can usually tell. Yes, we definitely (laughs) understand,
2: and I'm trying to. (laughs) Ah, I could. Oh, yeah. So um,
0: we could. So I'll get these couple questions. I'll skip to the back of the list here. Um, so. I'm going to ask a question. I have a purpose for the way I ask it, if, and I'll explain the purpose right after. If you had a magic wand and, and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way is this past February, made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. The answer she gave us five years ago is the life she's living right now. And I always like to tell mm-hmm. that story to get the artist to open up and think. So where would you be in five years?
1: That's amazing. Um, my, I always have a five- and ten-year vision, and my five-year vision would definitely be touring on the road full time, um, hopefully on a bus with a trailer on the back, mm-hmm. um, and headlining my own shows in um, all over America and hopefully the world. I'm a huge love for international travel and want to just reach everyone that I possibly can. And and my live mm-hmm. show and music is the reason that, you know, I feel like I'm put on this earth. And so five years from now, I hope to be playing all these venues, connecting with all these people and having slash friend base that, um that I will be so thankful for and continue to just make music for the soul.
0: That is awesome. Oh, so um, if you could meet your Future, let's say your future self is successful. Um, she is doing all that that you just said. If you could meet your future self, what would you say to her?
1: I would say, aren't you glad he didn't give up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Ain't that the truth? Because uh, can are um, days
1: that you feel that way, but man, I know that um, the bigger picture is always so worth it, and Again, I have the coolest job, and I have the best team, and just the sweetest, supportive fans. And and every day, like I said, I'm just I'm just such a grateful person. And the
0: mm-hmm. fact
1: that I get to wake up every day and do something I love, I think is just undeniably beautiful. And I continue to hopefully do that for a long time.
0: That is really awesome. So, what advice would you give an up and coming artist? That's they're they're getting their feet wet, but they know this is what they're supposed to do.
1: So after I tell them um, what we talked about earlier is if you
0: can picture yourself doing anything else, please
1: do that. (laughs) I would say if you're ready to go all in and you can't imagine yourself doing anything else, my first is you got to move to Nashville if you want to be a country music artist. Um, I know that Kelly Coffey told me um, when I was young, she (laughs) said, you know, Kylie, you got to be present to win. And so that's when I knew that Mm -hmm. um, Nashville Mm -hmm. was home for that and this is the place to be. And so it's really just you have to make – a huge move in life if you want to make huge moves (laughs) in life and so um i love that nashville and truly just meet and write everyone that you possibly can get into circles meet people have so many coffee dates like just get to know your city get to know your community because those are the people that champion for you even if they're artists if they're you know, label people, whoever they are, relationships are everything here. So I think that networking yep. is the biggest thing to possibly do once you get here.
0: That is awesome. Okay, I narrow it down to two more questions, and we'll let you go perhaps <laughs> <laughs> <Sounds crazy. laughs> So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about?
1: I would co-write with Elvis Presley.
0: He um, oh, was a very
1: big influence for me. He, um, I was actually the very first song I ever sang on a microphone was um, an Elvis Presley song. And so um, he oh, well. this was one of those people that I truly think he pushed the boundaries in the best way and he became who he was because he didn't follow the rules and he didn't just do what everyone else is doing. And I think that was mm-hmm. the difference. And he is that. my biggest one that I would love to create with.
0: That is – I love that. So as we close here, I always close with the exact same question. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask but they kind of never do? That's a great question.
1: I think that – I think I'm going to shift it into – I learned this when I was traveling by myself a lot on radio tour. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually was just talking to my boyfriend about this, of how, like, I have a new respect for – just traveling on your own because you realize, you know, that like the biggest things is who you're with and where you're at. And, um, I remember being on a plane and just, you know, you have small talk with so many people and the main thing that they ask is what do you do? And mm-hmm. I think the question mm-hmm. that people should be asking is what are you passionate about? Because I think that's a better that. conversation, um, to lead in with a stranger Love with that. than, you know, what you do for a living. Cause sometimes a lot of the time it's not the same thing. So, um, More of a less host and more just like on a daily human basis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Love that. And, you know, we enjoyed having you on. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you, that would be great.
1: Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. Again, I am so happy for you guys, just like being able to really dive in deep during this time and take advantage of everyone kind of being glued to their phones and really just expanding their (laughs) minds you guys are doing awesome with that. Um, I will say you can find uh, me on kyliemorgan.com. It has all my socials, all you can stream my music. Um, but I am most active on my Instagram, which is kyliemorganmusic. And so uh, you can again find all my socials on kyliemorgan.com and stream everywhere where music is sold: Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all those amazing platforms that give artists like us a chance to uh, gain new fans and get our music out there.
0: Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we look forward to having you back down the road.
1: Thank you so much. I hope to see you guys in person one of these days when you move to Nash. Oh,
2: Sounds we look good. forward to that.
1: All right. I'll we'll have a great you.
2: We'll day. We'll see you. you too. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye.